Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And they got you checking the game at fullback. 22 personnel. But Purdy will sneak it in for the touchdown. Brock Purdy didn't need the running back. Didn't need the fullback. He takes it himself to put six on the board. Now back to overtime with Sterling Bennett, Alan Stiles, and Mark Randy on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Overtime continues here on 95.7 The Game. That highlight you just heard on Fox was the Brock Purdy quarterback sneak, the final play of the first half to tie the game up. The 49ers would eventually go on to win 30-23 to on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. The 49ers now 2-0 on the season, wins on the road in Pittsburgh and Los Angeles, and they will return home this week on Thursday against the Giants in their home opener. But a good win for the 49ers, 30-23. to That play you just heard was a key one to tie it up before the half, and the Niners took control in the second half. Uh, we, we've been talking a lot about Brock Purdy and some of the misses in this game. He was good overall, 17 for 25, 206 yards, did not turn the ball over, also did not throw for a touchdown, but he missed a couple of targets deep down the field. Brock Purdy was asked about that post game. Let's hear from the Niners quarterback. Uh, here is Brock Purdy on some of the overthrows and if he had a reason why he overthrew a couple of guys. No, no, I don't think so. You know, we fit those, um, you know, deep balls and whatnot at practice and everything. Um, it's just, you know, it comes down when the bullets are flying, being able to make an accurate throw and, um, you know, not overthrow them, don't underthrow them, but just be on point. And so, you know, that's what you got to do as an NFL quarterback, and I take that on myself. Uh, Brock Purdy taking, taking the blame, not necessarily blame, but uh, owning up to it. Didn't really say all that much, though. Classic Brock Purdy. He's, he's, he's learned already uh, to not, say much right. in a lot of words. He could talk for a while, mm-hmm. right? Like, Trey Lance had that down immediately. He would just say, he'd say all the cliches, too. Right. But Brock Purdy has the ability down where he can talk for, like, 15 seconds and really just say absolutely nothing. Yeah. He says exactly what you'd expect there. Yeah, I missed him. I gotta be better, whatever. Here's, here's another cut. Let's listen to him again talking about the overthrows. I guarantee we'll get a similar answer, maybe a cliche or two. Here's Brock Purdy. You know, I just overthrew him. You know, on the one the BA, the one uh, Debo, and then JJ on that uh, third down. Yeah, it's just those are on me. I gotta be better. I gotta hit him in stride and and not overthrow him. Simple as that. Those are on me. I gotta be better, right? I, you I know mean, what? What, I, what else can you well, say? I was gonna but... say I wouldn't even classify those as like athlete speak because what else is he supposed to say? <laughs> you know? Well, there's a certain part of the fan base that will tell him what he should say, which is, I'm a really bad quarterback. I miss those big throws. I'm not an elite guy. When it's like. Guys, the two and zero. Like, we can analyze everything here, and that's our job, mm-hmm. right? But when it comes down to it, there really isn't much to complain about. Even with it's Brock Purdy missing big time throws, it's okay. You missed three big time throws today, but you hit some last week against Pittsburgh, and we're sitting back saying, like, man, like, it's Brock Purdy a top twelve quarterback? We weren't even there with Jimmy Garoppolo through mm-hmm. much of his time here in San Francisco, maybe minus twenty nineteen, and for Brock Purdy to miss. I don't know, a couple big throws through nine games. It's like, you almost wash your hands and say, whatever. Like, Brock Purdy's saying that. Kyle Shanahan might say, okay, Brock, you know, next week against the Giants, we got to hit these. But in reality, there's, I don't think there's any pressure on him to make those plays. No, I, I, don't, I don't think there is either. And that's the thing, right? You can be in the camp of throw everything out the window because it's a divisional game and just say, a win's a all win. I care about is a win. We went, we won in the division. We're on to to the New York Giants in our home opener. So that is a really logical way to look at it. You easily can. But I do think that, 
you know, it's part of the fun of of analyzing right. and watching the games because we are continuing to learn about Brock Purdy, right? I mean, look, man, it's hard for me to – we all remember what Brock Purdy did, but if you ask me all the plays – and I did overtime last year, but if you ask <laughs> me all the plays from Brock last season, it is hard to remember, right? It's, it's man, I mean, I know Brock won and he looked really good, but <laughs> what exactly – was he doing? You know what I mean? You try to. I remember a lot of Kittle. Yeah. I remember a lot. Uh, I remember certain things. So now going into this year, as we, hey, he's now the guy, right? And I've always said this one. It's it's easier to exceed expectations than to meet them. Yeah. And when Brock didn't have any expectations, he exceeded them. He's got expectations this year, and I think he has met them. But it's it's not all. It's going to be. You know, I don't know what kind of ice cream you like, but I like vanilla. But maybe you like Rocky Road, and sometimes it's going to be a Rocky Road. <laughs> well, what are the expectations <laughs> now through nine games? I think the expectation is just to win. The you're expectation talking about, you're talking about Purdy or the team? Just Brock Purdy. I think it's, if he didn't have any coming in, which makes sense, he was the last pick in the draft and wasn't supposed right. to play. But now through nine games, he's won two playoff games. He's undefeated this year. What are now the expectations? I think it would have been better, to be completely honest with you. Obviously, you don't want to throw a pick. But I think missing those throws in particular will give some of the Niner fans hives because it's just so similar to the Jimmy G thing. That's why I think... So I think the expectation is that, some, is that Brock Purdy can hit those throws. Okay, That's what I think. I think the expectation, and this isn't what I think Brock's ceiling is. Right. I think the expectation is relatively simple. Like hit the hit the quick routes, hit the slants to Brandon Ayuk, get it to Christian McCaffrey in space in the flat, find George Kittle on a ten yard out. Like my the expectations for me are just get the ball to your playmakers' hands and let them do the hard work. I think that Brock Purdy is capable of doing more, but it's it's something that we talked about earlier where I think the Niners and Kyle Shanahan are at a point considering their weapons where they don't feel like they need to take risks that they deem unnecessary on more aggressive offensive plays, and they're perfectly fine just doing what we saw a lot of here. Now, they did take a couple of shots. Again, it wasn't a 50-yard bomb down the field. It was a seam route to Brandon Ayuk, and he was open, and, and Purdy found him, but but didn't quite deliver the ball. I'm not saying it's going to be just... I'm not saying he's a dink-and-dunk quarterback, right. but the 49ers don't necessarily need that. So for me, my expectations about what the 49ers are asking of him is not all that high, because why would it be? Mm-hmm. I think he's capable of more, yeah. but the Niners... Do they need that to win games? It almost seems like the Niners, or maybe us, are saying just be a game manager. Just be the point guard and facilitate and not do much. But for Brock, it almost feels like that the more he wins, the higher the expectation is going to be on him. Mm-hmm. Where, let's say we're sitting here at 4-0 in two weeks, and all of a sudden it's you're only averaging 200 yards a game and no picks and a touchdown. Why aren't you averaging more? Mm-hmm. What? How are you, let's say he's 8-0. You're 8-0 and you're only averaging 240 yards a game. Why isn't there more? Now, I think for the fan base, there's nothing wrong with asking more of your players. But I do wonder if this team continues to win, do the expectations unfairly raise for him in this offense? Well, I, I don't know if the expectations raise. I think the question becomes... Now he's headed into, and not even a question, is, is he headed back into the Jimmy G category? And is he headed back into the category of people thinking any quarterback can do this? Yeah. I think that would be incorrect. But if you continue to see pedestrian numbers and the team is winning, because of, and you see certain plays like Debo just being Debo, that's where, that's where he could slip back into that, whether it's fair or not. Because if you look at it, if you look at the numbers, right, and if he only threw for 206, and then out of that 206, you see, okay, well, that Debo, one of them, what did he have? Debo, that one play at the end of the game, or at the end of the half, was probably at least 15 yards. Okay. Right? He did the same thing to McCaffrey. That's like 40 yards right there. And then the throw to Juwan, that's like 60. If you take the, that drive away, right, which is an extremely important drive, don't get right. me wrong, but if you take away that drive, the numbers are even more pedestrian, right? And they still won. So I think that I think the main thing for me and having Christian McCaffrey really helps with this and yeah. a lot of the fan base will argue how important Christian McCaffrey is is that you manage the game but if we get off schedule we're not cooked. 
if we get off schedule, That's then you can do yeah. some things that can help us win the ball game. Where with Jimmy G, if you got off schedule, things were tough. Right. What we've seen from Brock, the way he can be elusive, the way he can kind of shimmy on people and and create opportunities for himself. I think that is the expectation. Jimmy is the baseline. So do what Jimmy did, minus the picks and all that. Take care of the football more than Jimmy did. Hit the throws that you're supposed to throw on time, on schedule. And if things break down and we need you to go a little bit of hero ball, maybe 5% throughout each game, 10% every couple of games, you're able to do that. It's almost like Take the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, they need Mahomes to be Mahomes to win. Whereas San Francisco, we know they don't need Purdy to be Mahomes. But it's funny to say they may have the luxury of not... Or the luxury of Purdy just to keep your hero ball in your back pocket until the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't don't need it. Almost at all. Kind of like Kittle, right? I mean, why are we... If we're winning, why are we going to show our hand on anything? If it ain't broke. Yeah, that... I just see a certain point in the season where they beat Dallas Week 5, but Brock Purdy only had 220 yards passing, didn't turn the ball over, and it's like, shut up. But I think there is going to be a part part of the fan base that sits back and says, could we still get more? And my response would be no. Like, what are you complaining about? But I do wonder the more he wins, our fans are going to start to say, or get a little complacent of only 220 yards, this that's it. The, but this is the same. We, we've we've no. seen this movie. I hate this conversation. But it's the same. Right. I, I'm, not saying, well, I'm we, not saying it's fair. We no, are I'm creatures of habit, though. It's going to happen. It's and going it's unfair. To it's to entirely happen. unfair. Is it, though? I think so. Unfair to who? Brock Purdy. How? Okay, so I think we can all say Brock Purdy has room to grow still. He's played nine games. Yeah. The expectation should be... Maybe the stats raise a little bit. Maybe here and there we see a 300-yard game. Mm-hmm. He's already done it once against Seattle in the playoffs. But maybe it's not once every two months. Maybe it's, I don't know, week five, then week 14, then first round of the playoffs. Maybe it's not against Dallas. But if he's playing well and winning games, being efficient, doing what he needs to do, and showing up in big moments, despite not putting up big money stats... I think that's fine. That's what Jimmy G didn't do. Okay, okay. In this in this current league, yeah. right? Can you win a Super Bowl if you can you can a quarterback win a Super Bowl who doesn't average 250 yards? Well, Brock Purdy's not doing that. I know. But in this offense, yes he can. I agree. Yes, we'll see. I like, think you can. Josh Allen I think you lost can. to I, Zach Wilson. I think you <laughs> like, can. Come on. Okay, well. Oh, no, no, I'm no, just no. saying, like, sometimes having an, an elite quarterback, they get hero ball in the mindset, yeah. I have to win this game. Josh Allen himself said, I got two hero ball centers. So here's the, here's the thing, man. Just win no, games is all I care about. No, Brock I know, Purdy could I agree. Throw, I agree. Brock, Purdy, Brock Purdy could throw for 70. It could be a repeat of but the this Vikings. Is Jimmy G. <laughs> this is the same no, Jimmy G it, conversation. It could be a repeat of that. Okay. A hundred percent. That team went to the Super Bowl. Right. But the the difference is, or what you hope the difference right. is, yeah. is that Brock Purdy doesn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl with a chance to win the game. Or he makes a couple of other throws before that situation, not even get right. in that situation. But I do think because of where he's at right now, we're, I think we can all agree again. I feel more confident that he can do that than I feel I feel about more confident he'll never get there to the point where he needs that throw. Whereas Jimmy needed that throw. This is also a better team than that team. Well, that, that's what I mean, is yeah. that Brock Purdy, well, defensively, maybe not. But offensively, certainly. Mm-hmm. Where I think if Jimmy had Chris McCaffrey, and li- living in the past is just dumb. Right. But if he had Chris McCaffrey, they win that game. Probably. <laughs> but, we'll never know. But again, like I do wonder if, if if we're sitting here 5-0, 6-0, and Brock Purdy is still averaging 220 yards a game, 240 yards a game, are fans going to say, why isn't it 270? You're right. No, be be better. But I, but I, I you know I think it's I think it's fair if fans do feel like that. Even but if you're winning, because the idea isn't that you want. You're not complaining because you won. You're complaining because you don't think you're going to be able to beat whoever's waiting for you in the playoffs. Yeah. At, at, at some point, whether it's the Eagles or the Cowboys or if you get to the Super Chiefs, Bowl, whoever. whoever. Is, yeah. So that is what that is why people would have things to say. It's not about actually complaining about winning a football game. Here's the thing, and this is what I'm kind of getting stuck on, right? So, you moved off of Jimmy, okay? He who will not be named, it didn't work out there. So you <laughs> Don't want to say Trey Lance's so, so you name. Go, I, no, I, I, I think 
you know, somebody somebody gets a dollar every time I say well, the name. So I'm not going to say jar. exactly. <laughs> so you wanted to level up from that, right? Yeah. I think that was ultimately the goal. So now if you and I do what you have and I do think you have. Yeah. But what's weird is that you may have but the numbers won't reflect that because you also got Christian McCaffrey. So yeah. it's weird. But that's it's, what it's I a, mean. It's a, it's a weird situation. That's what I mean is where a lot of fans, unfortunately, they watch box scores. They watch ESPN Sports Center night and go, Brock Purdy had a bad game. Well, today he played really well and he missed some throws, but was overall good. He, he's a B grade, right? Yes. Some fans are going to sit back and say, are you serious? He, he missed three nah. throws, only 200 yards through the air. Seriously, look at Josh Allen today. Four touchdowns of whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, why does it matter? But, again, halfway through the season, getting ahead of myself, if it's not changed, are fans going to say, this is exactly what it was two years ago, three mm-hmm. years ago? And they're going to start to question him, which is unfair. And it shouldn't happen, but I do think that's going to happen it's, eventually. It's, there's right, and look, he could hit on a he hits on a deep ball next week. If and, he and, hits it today, we aren't even talking and about it's it. Stupid because you should. If you don't have to, Mark hates this something. I, I, <laughs> what do you hate about it, Mark? I don't even really know what you hate about it. I I just don't. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Mm-hmm. If we get there, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's worth the conversation. Will the fan base be upset if right. week eight Brock Purdy misses sure. someone down the middle? Like. They're two and zero. Yeah, they're two and zero. I agree. He wasn't his best today. He left a couple of throws out there. The Niners probably left a few points out there today. But you know what? They beat their division rival Rams yep. on the road by seven points. Should have been a double digit win. The Rams kicked a meaningless field goal in the last second. I don't know why. I apologize. Niners minus seven and a half betters. <laughs> that was the worst beat of the season. Sucks for you. But the Niners picked up a win. They're two and zero. Their first place in the NFC West as it stands right now. And it seems like if things break their way, they will have a stranglehold on this division. For the rest of the season, they are that freaking good. And I get that we got a nitpick. I get that if this continues six weeks down the road, seven weeks down the road, or is this going to be a repeat Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, I, well we don't I, know. We don't know. We'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. If we get there, we're not there. I'm honestly more concerned. I don't know how you guys feel. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you guys are concerned by Brock Purdy at all. No. That's just maybe the way this conversation develops over a month or two months mm-hmm. from now. Me, personally, I'm more concerned by that defense in the first half. Yep. That was frustrating. Mm-hmm. That was difficult to watch. Unless it was by design, though. You think they gave up 17 points on purpose? No, that was by no, design. No, but I'm saying we've already, we've already <laughs> talked about Ben don't break, right? We're, we don't want to get beat over the top. So we're going to get beat in front of us. What I don't thing- know. Over and over and, and over, over and over and over. And they won. But so may- if you can do it with Brock, why not do it with the defense? But m- maybe there is some credence to that to maybe a certain extent because their blitzing numbers are far more in the second half. 15% in the first half, 33%. Pressure rate, 20 to 26. Sacks, 2 to nothing. See? Like, I'm not saying Steve Wilkes set up Matthew Stafford, but it does feel like that not to say he was testing him, but he may have sat back and said, okay, we'll give you the five-yard stuff and see what you can do, and you hope he doesn't put up 17 points, but later in the game, it does leave you vulnerable to a blitzing, which comes a sack, which becomes a pick, which becomes a game. Well, it's also based on how the game is going. Yeah. Again, if the nine, if uh, the offense was getting blanked, maybe, hey, we got to put some heat on them. But everybody trusts this offense to be able to put up points. But I will even say there were times in this game where Steve Wilkes did try to blitz and Mooney Ward didn't get a sack. Yeah. It's not like this game couldn't have been over sooner for San Francisco. They tried certain things and players didn't execute. Now, you would like to think your number one cornerback, having Matthew Stafford dead to rights, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, gets that sack every time, but he didn't. Stafford made a great play and got you a first down. So I will say this, that Steve Wilkes, I think, while the box score, again, wouldn't say he had a good game, there were things you can point to and say, who's playing nickel cornerback? Why are you giving up 15 yards here or there? And why are why, why can't your defensive line get pressure? I think yeah. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. Why well, isn't Hargrave, who you paid elite money to, Nick Bosa, you just paid the biggest contract ever for a non-quarterback, 
why are they not getting in the backfield? Yep, that's a great question, and we have some Kyle Shanahan sound about that. He was asked that. We'll get to it in a little bit, but I, I did promise we'll get to Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch. So, Mitch, you're on 95-7 the game on overtime. I know you want to talk about a certain member of the defense, Nick Bosa, the multi-million dollar man. Mitch, uh, what do you want to talk about? You're on overtime here on 95-7 the game. Hey, guys. Um, thanks to McCullough. With our offense, I, first of all, with the offense, she scored 40. But I love the defensive line, Drake. That was a steal in that draft last year. And Bosa, I guess he's worn up, but uh, I wanted to be just like Joe. I, I think he's one of the best in the league. Maybe he'd be coming around soon. Uh, I think Thursday would be a nice warm-up for him. Yeah. Yeah, Mitch. I mean, Nick Bosa, obviously, is one of the most talented players in this league the best if not one one of the best if not the best defensive players in the league he was a relative no show today he wasn't great had three quarterback hits didn't have a sack he did pressure uh Sam, uh part of i almost said sam darnold matthew stafford Ooh. a little bit give me uh, one <laughs> no i hate that i had that slip at the time that was bad um you love it Same ghosts but but nick bosa didn't have a fantastic game today not not sounding any alarms here. I, I don't think it, it means anything moving forward. This is a guy who was unsigned, what, 11 days ago? 12? 11, yeah, 11 days ago he's when yeah. he signed. Like, this is just something that's going to happen. Now we'll see how he's ready for Thursday. I think that's an interesting conversation. But overall, the lack of pressure on by the defensive line against the Rams in the first half, that's a major concern to me. And Kyle Shanahan was asked about that after the game. Was he surprised? Was Kyle surprised at all by the defense's lack of pressure on Matthew Stafford? Uh, yeah, I expect a little bit more pass rush, um, kind of what we saw towards the end of the game. I thought we got it going well there. Um, I also thought Stafford did a pretty good job getting rid of it. We were in some zone coverages, and he kind of picked that apart, um, similar to what he did last week um, at Seattle. So he's had two really good games, and we got to tighten it up. I was Kyle Shanahan, and I'm looking at YouTube. Damon says uh, the defense doesn't work without Bosa. So I think my question becomes, on a game like this where Nick Bosa doesn't have his – otherworldly performance where he's not in the backfield every single play. Mm -hmm. If he's not dominating his individual matchups, is the rest of the front seven good enough to get to the quarterback consistently? Or is the rest of the front seven dominant because Nick Bosa's dominance on one. Are they good enough if Nick Bosa isn't having an incredible game to really impact the game in a big way? Yeah, it's a chicken or the egg, and Nick Bosa also spoke, and he admitted that he's not fully in football shape yet. He said he feels much better after this game, and you know, hopefully they'll, he'll continue to get there and get there and get there. And again, if you can win games with Nick Bosa not being 100%, you got to take that in the bank. Now you wonder when that will happen because a guy like Daniel Jones, I mean, I don't know what to make with Daniel Jones, but oh, a, guy, thanks. a guy like Daniel Jones, you know, you, that's why you're being paid. Look, here's my thing. And here's my thing. Throwing one for all I care. You know, obviously he, he signed the deal, but these paychecks, they're not any less because he's not 100% yet. So. You, you, you also, go, the paychecks don't really count until next year. He's still on his his rookie deal. Well, I guess he's yeah. playing like it right now. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So shots fired wow. by no, Sterling. Like, do you hear that quote? Nick Bosa <laughs> playing like a rookie right yeah, now. Yeah, like six and a half sacks his rookie year, and wow. one of the best players. But if your defensive line can't get pressure, even without Nick Bosa, who Nick Bosa is far and away, if not the best, top three best defensive players in football, mm -hmm. Micah Parsons, probably Donald, then him up there, right? If they can't get it with Eric Armstead, who's a solid enough, maybe Pro Bowl level on his best day, defensive tackle, and Drake Jackson, who's young and bendy and explosive, who had three sacks last week, and Javon Hargrave, or whatever his free... Javon? Is, Javon. Whatever, yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you just paid him top of the line defensive tackle money. He had ten and a half sacks last year. Yeah. If they're not getting pressure, Nick Bosa ain't the problem there. Now, he'll definitely help. But if those three guys can get pressure for you, which they didn't today, and let's give the Rams credit, a young offensive line did play pretty well for the first half, and thank God Fred Warner played today, because my goodness, he was fantastic. He's been the best player on the defense, I think, for the first two weeks, and well, had had a big sack today, uh, forced a, a pick last week to Hufunga against the Steelers. Like Fred Warner, at this point, I know he isn't Micah Parsons' name, but he might be this defensive saving grace so far. Yeah. Well, I would say I thought Drake Jackson played well in the first half. He's, well, he, he, he had the, the, the batted ball on the bootleg, and 
uh, stop the big screen pass on third down to force a punt early in the game or a field goal early in the game. Right. But if Fred Warner's not playing, this team is in a much different situation, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. I, as far as who played well and who didn't, I think that Drake, I, I think that Drake Jackson played well. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying he played great, but Fred Warner, that's a name you can just obviously so just pencil it pencil in. It he's going he's gonna to be great every single game. Normally you say that about Nick Bosa, but he's still working back. <laughs> 100%. All right, we'll talk more about the defense on the other side. We're also going to catch up with John Dickinson, who was down inside of SoFi Stadium watching the Niners knock off the Rams 30-23, to the final score. Niners 2-0 and on the year, alone in first place in the NFC West. JD from L.A. is coming up next, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the defense. We'll hear from Nick Bosa as well. Alan mentioned something that he said. We'll hear from Nick Bosa. All that is coming up on the other side as overtime rolls along right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, 100%. You know, they go down score, and then it's like, all right, we got, you know, two minutes or so left. Obviously, we want to score to get some momentum, but once we did and capitalized on it, it was like, okay, defense you know go out and um first drive the second half get a stop offense let's roll so everyone felt good about it but man it's a team game you know defense gets, gets a stop offense goes and score like that's what it's about so um you know, going in the second half that was huge for us to be able to score now back to overtime with sterling bennett alan styles and mark grandy on 95 7 the game Welcome back. Final half hour of overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Mark, Randy, Allen, Styles, Sterling, Bennett with you. The 49ers knock off the Rams 30-23. to San Francisco 2-0 and now on the year and currently alone in first place in the NFC West as they knock off their division rivals, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. And now joining us live from Southern California is John Dickinson. J.D. was down inside of SoFi watching the 49ers 30-23 to win. J.D., welcome. Thanks for coming on as always how you doing yeah doing well guys good good to be with you and uh, you know at times a little bit more difficult than maybe we all would have anticipated but uh, the 49ers doing doing just enough on on both ends to to get the job done against uh, a rams team that i think is two for two in terms of piquing my interest to as to say i think they're a little bit better than than maybe we all thought they were coming into this season but regardless the niners get a win they're they're two and oh they're two and oh on the road which is huge and they're keeping pace with dallas and philadelphia who look like the cream of the crop in the nfc which we all believed was going to be the case here at the beginning of the season yeah 100 percent. another uh, check for the niners on the list uh two and oh you, you mentioned it 30 to 23 the final score niners come out on top of the rams did have that lead late in the first 
first half. Niners, though, score to tie it up at half and then dominate much of the second half. We've been talking a lot here on Overtime about Brock Purdy's performance. 17 for 25, 206 yards, did not throw a touchdown, also did not turn the ball over overall. We've been grading Brock Purdy's performance. What did you see from Brock Purdy in person? I know he missed a couple of open guys down the middle part of the field, missed a potential home run ball a couple of the times, but took care of the ball, got it to Debo Samuel in big moments, who did the dirty work. How would you evaluate what you saw from Brock Purdy today? Yeah, it, it's probably a B minus to, to C plus type performance overall, but he didn't turn the ball over, and that wound up being the difference in the game. The fact that, that the Rams did end up turning it over twice in the second half. And and honestly it, it kind of seemed a little bit like a Jimmy Garoppolo type game, right? Like he was he was solid, he commanded the team. You know, Jimmy might have had one interception and maybe we'd be having a different <laughs> conversation. But he missed the, the missed throws. The missed throws really were Jimmy esque, not in how he missed him because he, he overshot his, his man uh, on, on a couple of those, uh, and and that was the the, the technical issue there. And and, and Purdy really uh, you know chastised himself after the game. Says, hey, those are those are throws that, that I got to make. You know, got to got to be on time with and, and and hit. But it was just a you know it was just a a win. A lot like many 49er wins here when things have been rolling uh, during. The, the, the Kyle Shanahan era. I mean, he kept the offense running, you know, on on schedule. McCaffrey looked like he was going to do what we're used to seeing him do early on in the game. I thought the Rams did did some things to try and limit him and make others beat them uh, in this game, and it, it wound up being you know a lot of Ayuk and McCaffrey in Week One. It wound up being a lot more Debo Samuel in in this game today, but but not not a bad performance. But I think Brock Purdy would tell you, you know, there there were some points and some throws he left out. That, that would have led to some points, and maybe we would be talking about a blowout win more like the, the game that they had in Pittsburgh in, in Week 1. But uh, all in all, uh, you know, defensive adjustments key in the second half. I, I think if, if that's a low-end Purdy game, uh, and, and you know, to this point we are still learning you know, what, what do Purdy's bad games look like because most of them have been so good, and how can you survive them? If this was a, a more low-end Purdy game against a divisional opponent on the road and you're able to still come out of it where you're in control most of the, the second half, I think you got to take that uh, if you're the 49ers. But at the same time, fellas, I think you also have to you know, file it away a, a, as you will when we start having those conversations that we all have week in, week out, maybe day in, day out about, well, where does Purdy rank among you know the, the quarterbacks in the league, and can he be elite, and, and that sort of thing. Today's the kind of day that, that, that shows you that maybe he still has a little ways to go before he's going to be in that elite type category, but that's okay because the 49ers think they can win a Super Bowl with maybe a little bit less than elite. Yeah, JD, we, you know, the comparison that we've messed around with is Russell Wilson, right? I mean, same idea on that rookie deal. Let's switch over to the, the defense here, JD. Kyle Shanahan talked about the zone and Matthew Stafford kind of picking apart that zone. Not a lot of pressure on Matthew Stafford. What did you think about the defense? Nick Bosa, Hargrave, what did you, what did you see from them today? I think Bosa's working his way back into into form. I think he's drawing a, a lot of attention, and I, you know, Fred Warner credited Stafford and credited the Rams for taking what the 49ers defense was giving them, and and basically forcing them to have to adjust, forcing them to have to dial up a little bit more pressure, forcing Stafford to have to get rid of the ball uh, a little bit more, you know, uncomfortably than he did in, in the first half. It just felt like. In the Rams would, you know, they, they would run their play and it was, you know, they were either getting yards in the, in the running game, which the Niners slowed down, I thought, in the second half, but they were also, you know, it was just quick passes, you know, not a lot of pressure, quick passes. The slot was open. There were a lot of, you know, short passes where you could make the catch and then gain four or five yards immediately right after the catch where they didn't really feel like big plays or breakdowns, but it was enough to consistently move the sticks. And so in the second half, uh, you know, more blitzing. I think Fred Warner was was a part of that. They, they did some run blitzing, you know, took away some of the early down success that, that the Rams were, were starting to enjoy and forced them to, to have to be a little bit more off schedule, which, you know, led to, 
you know, being a little more rushed, which I think let, leads to, uh, you know, it leads to turnovers. Just having that tempo uh, leads to leads to turnovers, and and it led to more. Uh, you know, it just led to to Stafford having to move a heck of a lot more to try and you know find his targets than he did throughout the course of the first half. So, uh, you know, I think the spotlight was on Steve Wilkes. I think the spotlight was on. Hey, all right, that first half you kind of got carved up, didn't get a stop. Uh, I thought it was key the Niners went in tied at halftime as opposed to to behind, and were able to get that that initial stop there at the at the beginning of the third quarter, and then kind of slowed things down. But I think today was quality in that it showed, you know, really for the first time, Steve Wilkes, a veteran, you know, defensive coordinator that that. We all know he could make the adjustments, but we now got to see what it looks like with this 49ers defense when a team is kind of having their way and, and how they get out of it. And I think we know Steve Wilkes through his history, a lot of the times that means bringing a little bit more pressure and blitzing more than we're used to seeing 49ers defenses of the past do that. J.D., going back to the offense, we saw Kyle Shanahan on a fourth and one or second and one with one second left in the game go for it for a quarterback sneak and score touchdown and tie the game up 17 to 17 going into halftime uh what did you make of kyle shanahan taking control and you know against pittsburgh goes forward on fourth down early in that game in this game while his team wasn't reeling it's a huge game-changing play to go into halftime tied uh, what did you make of that decision and really trusting brock purdy on a very jimmy garoppolo-esque quarterback to get his team a touchdown before the halftime yeah, I, I thought that was one of the key plays of the game. But the fact that they were able to get and, and if it and, and to me, you know, the Niners always get themselves caught in these late half situations where they're trying to take enough time off the clock, where the opponent doesn't get it back. They they run a they always run a weird play that seemingly gets them behind the clock, where it feels like hey, everything's moving comfortably, but then there's always that one play, and you know they didn't spike. The ball where I thought they could have spiked the ball around 35. They didn't spike it. Then Purdy threw a quick incompletion. It wound up at like 20, 22. And, and then everything was rushed from that point. And you've got the Rams intentionally committing penalties because there's, you know, it, it benefits them because the worst thing that's going to happen is, is the, the 49ers are going to have to run a pl- another play, but with less time on the clock. So they were going to get the same amount of plays regardless. All of that being said, I think we've seen these first couple of weeks Kyle Shanahan be a little bit more gutsy. And I don't know whether that's, you know, he's done a, a self diagnosis of, of some of the numbers which say he's been among the worst coaches in terms of when he should go for it and actually going for it and, and being too conservative and, and, and not being aggressive enough. Whether he, he's done a self eval and he's decided to go the other way, whether he's just deciding to let it hang because, Hey, this team's been close a few times and hasn't been able to get over the hump, so I'm just gonna, just gonna let it hang and go for it. I thought it was the first most critical play of the entire game because if the Niners don't punch that in, if they don't punch it in, I think the whole game may go in a completely different direction. And, and, and at that point we look back and they, we go, they bungled that whole drive because they were one play away from bungling that whole drive and Kyle just pushed all the chips in and said, Hey, Brock, you're going to push your way in just like Jimmy Garoppolo used to do. And as long as this game's tied at halftime, you know I think they felt confident that they could come out and make the adjustments and, and win the game in the second half. But uh, no, I, I think it's it's Kyle showing a little bit of a personality change and, and showing a little bit more of a, of a confidence in I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go for it more. And if it doesn't work out, then we're just going to have to be good enough as a team to, to make more plays, to bail ourselves out of it. And I think he believes that they have a talented enough team to do it to where he doesn't have to play everything so conservatively. Yep, agreed. That was certainly a big moment. If they didn't get that, they would have been down by a touchdown going into the second half. Rams get the ball to begin the third. It could have been an entirely different ball game. So huge play there and a big decision by Kyle Shanahan. All right, J.D., thanks so much uh, for coming on. We appreciate your time. Great coverage, as always, down there in Los Angeles, and we'll catch up with you later. All right, sounds good, fellas. Have a great rest of the show. Appreciate you. All right, thanks, J.D. That's John Dickinson down in Los Angeles after the Niners' 30-23 to win over the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you can check out uh, everything that J.D. heard and, saw, and, and uh, saw down in the Niners' locker room on the 95.7 The Game Twitter page at 95.7 The Game. Uh, I think something that J.D. talking a little bit uh, there interests me because we talked a lot about 
Brock Purdy and how do we evaluate him and is he asked to do things that other quarterbacks are asked to do? I think one important aspect is Kyle Shanahan's aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. Why is Kyle Shanahan perhaps willing to be aggressive now? Is it because he trusts Brock Purdy more than any other quarterback he's had? Mm. Like the fourth and the fourth and two, first drive of the I, season. I, yeah, I was gonna say that the, one. The I quarterback put, sneak he, okay, today okay. maybe not as yeah. much because Jimmy was great at quarterback right, sneaks. Right. But the fourth and two against the Steelers, first drive of the year, but they were just across midfield, right? Yeah. Or close. close to midfield, yeah. right around there. Do they call that with Jimmy Garoppolo? No. I don't know. I don't think Probably so. not. I would say I would say it remains to be seen only because you have two situations. We just talked about the sneak, which I, I, I don't know when I've seen anyone not get this sneak. I, you know, we have the, the night game on and it always works. It always works. So that one for me, I'm like, eh, you kind of got to push it in. But the one on, the only thing I'll say is that it was a bit of a tone setter where it's so early on in the game. You're on the road. Hey, let's just try to hit him in the mouth. If we don't get it. We got a great defense. We'll figure it out. So I would just say, I would say, yes, it feels like he trusts Brock Purdy more than anyone else. I just want to see it more consistent. I don't think I'm ready to say it until it becomes the norm, I guess. I feel like on fourth and two, like Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, they might hand it off to McCaffrey. Well, look back at the the playoff game against the Packers. Give it to Debo. I think you put Purdy in the situation, they're throwing the football. And they threw it to Kittle against the Steelers on that fourth and two play. The stats may not show it, but it does feel like they're throwing the football more through two games than maybe the game plans in previous outings have shown. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that even when Purdy misses, Shanahan's like, that's fine, cool, do it again. Like, take a chance, take a risk. I trust you throughout the entirety of the game. You're not going to blow this game for me. And even times when Purdy does fail, like today, third down, Tries to hit Debo, incomplete pass. What's the defense do? Gets the interception and puts the ball right back into Purdy's hands in this score touchdown. Yeah, and I think it's part of the maturation of Brock Purdy and continuing to see him play more games. It's still a relatively small sample size because this was probably the only game where I can distinctly remember misses from Brock. I mean, half the time we're watching, for the most part, when you're watching Brock, you see his numbers and they don't look great, but then you think, how many missed opportunities did he have? And you can't remember any because it's by design. So, you know, going back to that conversation a little bit, this was the one where it felt like Brock left some meat on the bone, whereas in other games, when you see his numbers and you watch the game, you think, I mean, it makes sense. You're running the football. It's by design. He's not. It, it's a day where, hey, Brock is not going to have 350 yards. That's not how this offense is built. Right. Today was a day where it was, we know that's not how the offense is built, but he did leave things out today. He, he, left, he left meat on the bone today, which we just haven't seen before. But again, the only way you're going to know if Brock can elevate this team in a in a different way than than Jimmy is if you take those shots, right? If he continues to just do the same things that Jimmy does, then yeah, he's going to get those he's going to get those comparisons. At some point, we're going to have to crank it up a little bit here and it's only the second game. Yeah. And they're going to take shots. Take them. Well, to use your analogy, my brother, love him to death. Mm-hmm. He would eat taquitos every day for lunch in high school. Okay. He put 12 <laughs> on the plate, put it in the microwave and he eat four. And I'm like you gonna leave eight taquitos out there? You cooked and no one can have them now. I'll eat them. Whereas, well, I mean, I would too. But again, <laughs> that's someone else. Yes. Brock Purdy is kind of like the quarterback, where it's like he's gonna make eleven taquitos. He's gonna eat all eleven, and you're gonna feel good about it. And yes. he's gonna have a great meal, and he's gonna feel great. Right. Jimmy G, he'd have the four and leave the eight, and you're like Jimmy. Like there are eight plays. Yeah. If you hit those. You're a little more full. You're feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. And you're not wanting to snack two hours later. Yes. Brock Purdy's like, I had a good lunch today, boys. I had 11 taquitos, and I'm hitting all of them right now. There you go. Well, it, it, this whole conversation is funny to me because, like, I mentioned to you guys when we are watching the game, after one of the misses, I, I don't remember which one it was. Maybe that was the last one, the third one, after it happened for a third time where he missed a wide-open receiver deep down the field. I got two texts within like a minute of each other, one from a friend and one from my dad. My friend says, Brock looking like Jimmy. And then from my dad, i got to scroll down and find it, uh, he said, Purdy can't throw long, question mark, kind of like Jimmy G, question mark. Like within a minute of each other, I got a couple of texts from people watching the Niners game being like, "Uh uh-oh, this... This feels like Jimmy Garoppolo again. I I understand it, but I 
it's not at a point for me right. where, like again, like you guys are saying, you can't look back on any other Brock Purdy game mm-hmm. and be like, he missed X, Y, and Z. No. Yeah. Like, he missed a couple today. It's what happens. Not every quarterback is perfect. Josh Allen, who we all agree is a fantastic quarterback, actively lost his team yes. the game last week. Like, yeah. It happens sometimes. And this was not a bad Brock Purdy game by any stretch. But it is just kind of funny. I don't know if sensitive is the right word, but how... People have Jimmy Garoppolo PTSD. How how scarred we are yeah. from the Jimmy Garoppolo. Which is so crazy. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Sterling. I mean, like, they won so much. and They didn't get the big one, but it's like, I That's think all any, that any other team, and, and, and I get that, but it's like you're scarred by a quarterback that has like a 75% win percentage. It's not that high, but you get my point. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it'll be a thing yet, right? When everybody that's going to tune in, and I know Victory Monday, everybody's going to be excited to listen to the 95-7 the game lineup. I don't think it'll be that loud, but don't let don't let them miss a, a throw on Thursday, we a know. deep throw on. Don't let it happen, guys. Because I'm sorry, Mark, uh, we're going to have to do this it's again. It's going to come down to in <laughs> a couple weeks. Don't oh let my it goodness, happen. Uh, is is Rock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, even if 2. they win, and that's out. it's not justified, but. It, People are going to have the conversation. Now, that might come from a lot of bitter Trey Lance fans who want to see it because Trey was actually really good throwing the ball deep. Mm-hmm. They might say, well, look what he can do. And now, Trey Lance is not on this team. He shouldn't be a conversation ever again unless it comes to you know, worst trades of all time for the draft. But right. people are going to point to Brock Purdy missing three plays of the, what, 24 passes he's thrown. is like, look, look, look how bad he is when in reality... He was pretty good today. Uh, all right, we've got a few minutes left here on overtime on 95-7 the game. I want to do something where we... Give out game balls, kind of like players of the game. Who do we think deserves a game ball in this one? I'll go first. I'll go a little bit off the board because I think there's a couple of obvious ones. And we we mentioned him, but I don't think he's gotten the shout-out that he deserves. I'm going to go with Isaiah Oliver. That was mine. Oh, wow. I didn't think you were going to I knew one of you was going to go there. (laughs) Isaiah Oliver, and uh, he's kind of been an easy target. To, to yeah. make fun of, uh, to, to say he's played poorly so far, both in the preseason and in the regular season. Who knows what the Niners' plan was with him in this game, but they're dealing with some injuries, both heading into this game. Ambry Thomas now out, or pardon me, not Ambry Thomas, Samuel Womack now out for an extended period of time. Ambry Thomas was in and out at times today. Basically, essentially means Diamondor Lenore moving from nickel to the corner opposite Mooney Ward, and that means Isaiah Oliver is going to have to stick in and play a lot of nickel corner, at least in this game. He did. I think the first opportunity he had, he missed a tackle. But after that, he was phenomenal. Had an interception on a, a, a bobbled pass by Kyron Williams. Made a really nice tackle that forced a punt to begin the second that half. That was huge. Huge tackle. Huge momentum changer there. I think Isaiah Oliver deserves a shout-out for his performance today. He gets my game ball. Well, while the two of you are fighting over Isaiah Oliver, I'm just going to take the obvious one because why not? Debo! Debo! <laughs> Debo! Good choice. Debo owns the Rams. Tuck okay. They do not like, they do not like contact. The Rams are the complete opposite of the Niners. They, you know, I don't know if finesse is the right term, but they don't like getting hit. And Debo's called him out about it and he's let them know and they haven't done a daggone thing about it either. He, he sits there and when he gets the ball in his hands, nobody wants to get in front of him. You've left me arguably two of the more important players. <laughs> You've left me Fred Warner, who had, what, the only sack of the day? Yep. Who, probably the best defensive player on the field. And you left me Christian McCaffrey, who had the biggest play of the day. Mm. What, 51 yard, had a touchdown early. But I think I want to give this to Kyle Shanahan. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't do it often. I wasn't ready for that Usually one. Usually I have a disdain for Kyle Shanahan for a, a lot of the losses he's had, but I do think that his aggressiveness... <laughs> Thus far this year, in, in this game, with that big touchdown before halftime, uh, you can also see him, I don't want to see him maturing as a play caller or a head coach, but I do think we are seeing him, before our very own eyes, what, five, six years into his tenure here, kind of become the head coach we want him to be. Mm. Where he's aggressive when he needs to be. Jake Moody, 57-yard field goal. That doesn't happen last year. That, that, at all. If that's mm-hmm. Robbie Gold, it's like, oh, we got a punt. He's becoming more aggressive, and I do think it's allowing the offense to put up more points, and we're seeing him dictate games, where in previous years it was, oh, it's halftime, Jimmy Grapple's our quarterback, we have 40 seconds left and two timeouts, take a knee and move on. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, no timeouts, a minute and 30, Brock, go get us a touchdown, and he's doing that, and I, I do think we are seeing Kyle Shanahan become this aggressive, and 
play caller, but also dictating football games for the first time more so than he has in previous years. Yeah, I like it. Uh, good call there. Good call you as well, Alan. Certainly Debo and McCaffrey deserve shout-outs because they were the offensive engines in this game 100%. Jawan Jennings. And that, oh, he had a big catch. That <laughs> was a big one. That, 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 that toss, yeah. it was Ooh. behind him. One of the that was a really good catch. Brock Purdy had today. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, I also think someone that you mentioned deserves a shout-out. Maybe not necessarily a game ball, but uh, Legatron. Jake mm. Moody. Get on the bus! Made a 57-yard field goal. on the bus, Sterling? You weren't last hey. week, Alan. Hey. About, uh, what, about the said, nickname? Oh, three for three, 46 yards, whatever. Now he's hitting 57 yards. That's what he's supposed to do. Hey, oh, the third-round pick kicker. That's thing. what it's he's in supposed the to do. He was missing kicks a month ago. We are like... Oh. Was it too early to take a kicker? Call Robbie Gold. Now it's like, don't look back. Trivia, trivia. Do you know what the longest kick in Niners history, where does Jake Moody's 57-yard field goal rank? The longest is David Akers. 100%. 63 yards against yards. Green Bay, right? Back where in 2011. Hit the top of the goalpost and bounced in. I'll say it's second. Alone in second. Ow! My Jake favorite Moody. player. You already looked 57 that up. 57-yard field goal. I just know. One of the why? Me and Legatron are connected, Alan. That's oh, fine. Okay. You're right going at the a little hip. too far here. <laughs> right at the, the MCL and ACL. <laughs> he made three field goals, including a 57-yard <laughs> field goal. He was perfect on his extra points. Uh, all of the uh, the worries, the concern from the preseason seemed vanished. Robbie Gold, right who? <laughs> Justin Tucker, who? Okay. Hey, Justin Tucker Matt missed Matt Bryant, a... who, Craig? Justin Tucker <laughs> missed a field goal today. You know that? Jake Moody did. Book the tickets. Pro Vegas? Bowl. I'm going Vegas. to Pro Bowl, Jake Moody. Is no, the Pro Bowl in Vegas as well? You're going to have the Super Bowl. Don't tell Alec Kamara that. He might get in trouble again. Might, oh, maybe at the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. All right. I think we're done here. I think we've hit everything we possibly can. All right. That'll do it for overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Thanks so much for tuning in all afternoon long, also all morning long for the kickoff show with Evan and Lowe. We'll be back for a special edition of Overtime on Thursday after Thursday Night Football. A quick turnaround for the Niners, their home opener Thursday against the Giants. Whenever the game ends, tune in to 95.7 The Game for all of the breakdowns with myself, Mark Randy, Alan Stiles, and Sterling Bennett. And also make sure you're tuned in all day tomorrow for a Monster Monday, beginning with the morning roast, Bonte and Shasky. I know they will be fired up at 6 a.m. There's no other place you should be than tuning in to 95.7 The Game all day long tomorrow. Steiny and Goo, 10 to 2. Willard and Dibs from 2 to 6 on 95.7 The Game. For now, though, that'll do it here for overtime on this Sunday. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. Niners are victorious, 30 to 23 over the Rams. They're 2 and 0 and alone in first place in the NFC West. Thanks so much for listening and have a great Sunday afternoon and evening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.